The second season of El Flow is here. Step into the ever-evolving world of reggaeton and get up close with both legendary figures and emerging talents in the industry. Part of the enormous significance of reggaeton is really the way in which personal narratives connect to larger things going on historically and socially. Listen to El Flow on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. For all the parents out there, picture that it's bedtime. You and the kids have been busy all day. You know they're tired, but for some reason, they just won't go to sleep. And for this reason, I created the podcast Bedtime History. Bedtime History is a series of relaxing history stories that end with an inspirational message. With over 2,000 positive parent reviews, Bedtime History is one of the top education podcasts. Join me and listen to Bedtime History every Monday and Thursday on iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Here we go. It is a Thursday. Live in Los Angeles, it's The Herd, wherever you may be and however you may be listening. Thanks for making us part of your day one hour from now. If you like betting football, fantasy football, getting smarter with football, Greg Cosell, 15-minute NFL meat sandwich, J-Mac. You know, I don't view myself as a contrarian. I think most of the time I agree with America on most stuff, politically, sports, Movies. If I like a movie, popular movie. If I like a band, it's mostly a popular band. I, I don't. I'm not trying to go the other way, except on this Jim Harbaugh thing. Oh, okay, interesting. I th- always thought you were a contrarian. I certainly am. You are. A That's contrarian. how I got here. <laughs> yeah, I. I don't think I am. Um, but the Jim Harbaugh thing, I think I see it differently um, than almost everybody I read and listen to. I respect Jim Harbaugh as a CEO of Michigan football more today than I did before all this sign stealing. Think about this. Goes on the road against the top 10 team. On the road. He's not on the field. Surrounded by controversy. Not even reliant on his first-round quarterback, they don't throw a pass in the second half, and they win. When Ohio State lost to Georgia, they blamed the refs and an injury to Marvin Harrison. Ohio State was reliant on officiating and a wide receiver to win a game in a neutral field. Harbaugh and Michigan go on the road, aren't even reliant on a first-round quarterback. Didn't care about the officials. Jim doesn't have to be on the field. Controversy swarming everywhere. You are officially a good boss if the company's as good when you're not there. 
when you're not reliant on everybody being healthy, on getting every break from the officials. It's further proof that college football is about recruiting number one, building a staff number two, and building a culture number three. A plus, A plus, A plus for Harbaugh. Lincoln Riley knows the X's and O's. He's a great play caller and play designer. But their defensive staff is weak. They're completely, utterly reliant on their quarterback. His team lacks balance and can't land great defensive players out of high school. That's the difference. USC, who's struggling, is the opposite of Michigan. Lincoln Riley has to be on the field. The quarterback has to be the center of the offense. That is a great boss. The smartest people in the world in finance, in business, can make money and not work. They have what they call passive income and assets, not just jobs. They make money while they sleep. And that's Harbaugh. Hey, I'm not even going to be there. We can have controversy surrounding the program. I won't even pass the ball in 2023. We can be on the road. Irrelevant. We'll pound Penn State. That is a great businessman. Don't complain about the officials. Oh, if this receiver didn't get hurt, they're not even relying on the quarterback. Jeff Bezos has a line about this. Richest guy in the world, Amazon. We all use Amazon. He said, you need to be thinking two or three years in advance. And if you are, why do I need to make 100 decisions today? I need a handful of high-quality decisions. Warren Buffett says he's good if he makes three good decisions a year. And I really believe that. That's Harbaugh. That is Jim Harbaugh. Doesn't have to be there. Doesn't have to rely on a wide receiver, staying healthy. Can be on the road, not get every call. Not use his quarterback, a first-round quarterback. Controversy swarming everywhere. All of it irrelevant. Joel Klatt thinks he's staying at Michigan and, and has a feeling he knows the reason why. When you're around the Michigan team, program, coaches, athletic director, water boy, ball boy, they are pissed. And they play like it. They play like it. There is just a huge part of me that believes, believes that he has told the powers that be at Michigan, I'm staying. And that's why they're digging their heels in for him and supporting him. Glad they are. Hope he stays. Be great in the NFL. He's been great everywhere. Small college San Diego. Academic school Stanford. NFL San Francisco. Big Ten, Michigan. Same reason every time. Culture, recruiting, and staff. Always willing to pivot. Not reliant on others for success. All right. So, uh, Bronco receiver Cortland Sutton. Pretty funny. Goes on the internet. He built a Russell Wilson apology form. <laughs> he says, all you guys need to apologize to Russell Wilson. And uh, it's gotten, you know, over the course of, uh, I'd say, my lifetime, uh, I, I live by a couple of rules. I'm a pretty simple person. But if something doesn't make sense, then I'm not going to try to argue that it makes sense. And you can remember last year when Russell Wilson is struggling, almost 100% of you kept saying he's washed. 
And I'm like, it doesn't make any sense. I went to historical numbers. There'd never been a quarterback who had four straight 100-plus passer ratings and without a major injury was suddenly washed. I said, it's got to be Hackett. It, it can't be. Well, Russell Wilson, through the first nine games of this year, if you go back to last year and look at his numbers, and then you look at this year's numbers, it's unbelievable. Last year, he was Desmond Ritter. This year, he's Joe Burrow. Now, we know the difference between a great player and a bad player. Do we now understand the difference between a bad coach and a great coach? It's even more impactful. He's got basically a, a healthier left tackle, the same roster. Had to rebuild all of it. His 2022 numbers, he completes 59% of his throws. This year, he's 68. His passer rating, 83 to 104. I, I mean it. The first couple games this year when I watched, I'm like, is everybody right? Is he washed? I don't get it. But it took time with a great coach. It doesn't matter how great you are. Let's double down on this. It's hard to overcome a poor supporting cast. Think I'm wrong? Go look at Tom Brady's last year in New England as the empire was eroding. Tom's passer rating was in the 80s. His completion percentage was 60. A year later, he won the Super Bowl. Had one of his best years ever. It's why I always defended Andrew Luck's career. Can you imagine Andrew Luck with Andy Reid, Sean Payton, Sean McVay, or Kyle Shanahan? He put up remarkable numbers surrounded by utter incompetence everywhere. We have always known the gap between a good player and an average player is, is sizable. How about the difference between Hackett and Sean Payton? I went and looked at Russell Wilson's Seattle numbers his last several years. You know what they are? Exactly what his numbers in Denver are. If something doesn't make sense, don't rely on the internet for the answers. It's called Google. It's a search engine. It works. Go find real answers. It made absolutely no sense that a quarterback with no age or injury, he's not 40, he's in his mid-30s, could go from four years at a certain level and be absolutely washed. And I'll admit this year, after two games, I'm like, the hell is this? I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense. It didn't make sense because it's not possible to go from really good to washed. Nuance, context. Mark Schlereth, he may not be the old Russell, but I think he's about 80% of it. But Mark Schlereth, who hosts a popular radio show in Denver and sees every big moment for the Broncos, discuss Russell this year. I think the number one thing that Peyton has impressed upon me is it's important to know your strengths, but it's more important to know your weaknesses and then to mitigate those potential weaknesses. And I think Peyton really assessed what he has in Russell Wilson and the rest of this football team and said, okay, here's how we're going to win. We're going to try to run it with our running backs about 35 times a game. We're going to try to limit Russell Wilson to about 24 attempts a game. We're going to control the tempo of the game, the pace of the game, the time of possession. And in doing that, we're going to put the other team under pressure. If something doesn't make sense, Russell Wilson, 100 passer rating, 102, 103, 104, too washed. It doesn't make sense. Don't let anybody talk you into it makes sense. Russell's back to being Russell, mostly. Doesn't quite have the same juice. We can all see that. Not quite as twitchy. But when you watch them in Buffalo, multiple laterals, 
best throw of the game, moving in the pocket, multiple scrambles. Doesn't look quite the same. Not quite as twitchy, not quite as quick. But very good to wash. Never made sense. All right, J-Mac. A lot of stuff going on. The Draymond Green stuff got people worked up. This is... I didn't even realize this, but as you're explaining Russell Wilson, I start looking at some of the advanced stats. You're saying he's have a better season than Lamar Jackson, than C.J. Stroud, by some of these advanced numbers. Now, they're just data points, but like I did not see that coming. And I didn't realize that Peyton had turned this around so quickly. Yeah. It's we, we always know, you know, Sauce Gardner of the Jets to a bad corner. We're like, yeah, that's, you can see that on TV. I'm not sure if everybody understands bad head coach to great head coach what it does for a team. I mean, literally 100% of people. I mean, I was on an island last year. I'm like, he can't be washed. There's absolutely no way he can be washed. There's no major injury. He's 35. It doesn't, and he works out like a, you know, he's not like personal life. You'd be like, he's a bit of a partier. You're like, dude is obsessed with working out. It made no sense. But we could also agree he's not winning games for Denver. He's no, no, just no. not losing. That's that's right. right. He's. But I would say when you watched it Monday, you saw a lot of Seattle, a lot of the laterals, the best throw of the game, moving the pocket. He doesn't look. He doesn't have kind of that extra jet fuel. He doesn't. He doesn't feel. But he is mid thirties. He is a mobile quarterback. Kyler Murray at mid thirties is not going to look like Kyler Murray now. Yeah. Stafford, by the way, as good as he is, he's always banged up now. Aaron Rodgers, late 30s, is banged up. Like, it, it doesn't look quite the same. Brady was an outlier where the Tampa first year looked like it, the Randy Moss years. You can't go from one thing to the other drastically without an explanation. Yeah. And there was never an explanation. That's because he wasn't washed. Uh, one hour from now, little less, Greg Cosell. I have a great parlay for you this weekend, thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook. New users... Use the code HERD, H-E-R-D, when you download the app. Now for my parlay pick of the week via DraftKings Sportsbook. I always take good teams that have been humiliated the week before. Jags got hammered by the Niners. I'll take a minus six and a half to cover at home against the Titans. No way the Rams beat the Seahawks twice. Seattle's minus one, a better, younger, healthier team. I'll take Seattle. Broncos at home, minus two. I know it's a short week off the Monday night football win, but I think the Josh Dobbs story has limitations. Go Denver. If you want to take the herd parlay, check out DraftKings Sportsbook. New users, please use the code HERD, H-E-R-D, when you download the app. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. See show notes for full details. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including... Actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. 
Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The second season of El Flow is here. Available como a ti te guste, in both English and Spanish. This season, we dive deeper into the vibrant world of reggaeton, featuring interviews with both reggaeton legends and exciting new talents. He's the undisputed king of reggaeton, no doubt. And he's been cited as an inspiration by multiple Latin stars, including J Balvin, Bad Bunny, Osuna, Ati Natasha. Explore the evolution of this dynamic genre and what makes it resonate globally how you consume reggaeton, how you share and distribute reggaeton. Those are all an important part of the story. It's the way that the people are experiencing reggaeton along with the musicians. Listen to El Flow as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network. Available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. For all the parents out there, picture that it's bedtime. You and the kids have been busy all day. You know they're tired, but with all that anxious energy, they just won't go to sleep. This was my kids every night. But I did find that stories calmed their mind and gave them something to focus on. So six years ago, I created the kids' podcast, Bedtime History, to help solve that problem. Bedtime History is a series of relaxing history stories that end with an inspirational message. We have episodes about Jackie Robinson, Neil Armstrong, Maya Angelou, and Sacagawea. Episodes also include topics like space exploration, engineering, the rise and fall of civilizations, and major events like the Civil Rights Movement and the Transcontinental Railroad. With over 2,000 positive parent reviews, Bedtime History is one of the top education podcasts. This week, join me and listen to Bedtime History every Monday and Thursday on iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're now entering the No Bull Zone, sponsored by Credible Great Rates with None of the Bull. So last year there was that big controversy where uh, in the in the preseason, Jordan Poole and Draymond Green uh, had a skirmish, and Draymond Green decked him, and everybody freaked out. But yet Steve Kerr's reaction was he was upset the video got out. And I kept saying, I've got it sourced. Nobody likes Jordan Poole. It's bad for chemistry. Nobody can stand him. He's immature. Now, that doesn't give you a right to deck people, but when you taunt people and you're immature as a pro athlete and one of the people you taunt is the NBA's current tough guy, you may get popped. It's not a sidewalk on the street. It's practice. You're taunting somebody. I wouldn't even recommend taunting somebody on the sidewalk. But stuff happens in sports that you don't see. Michael Jordan punched Steve Kerr, I said over and over again. You just didn't see it. Tiger Woods wasn't the only guy to have an affair on the tour. It's the one you heard about. Don't pretend what you see on the internet is the truth or the only truth. There's lots of truths. I heard a story yesterday about Conor McGregor. I, my head is still spinning. Most of us will never, most people will never hear about it. The reality is, Draymond Green got into a wrestling match the other day, and people get very upset about it. Why would he ever change? Eight times all defensive team, one-time defensive player of the year, four rings, absolute lock for a Hall of Famer, and next to Steph Curry, the second most important person in a 10-year dynasty. 
But Colin Jordan Poole is an irrelevant NBA player. Was, is, and will be for the rest of his career. The Wizards are 2-9. and nine. He's underachieving at 16 per. He can't even be the best player on that mess. And people are already making fun of him. He is irrelevant and annoying and immature. You may not get Draymond. Steve Kerr does. Joe Lacob, the billionaire, does. Steph Curry, Clay, they all do. Sometimes you've seen couples argue they're a little crazy. You and your wife can't figure out how they stay together, but they've got a great family, a great business. You don't get them. You don't have to. The people that need to understand Draymond Green get him. And the positives overwhelm the occasional chokehold, punch at practice, semi-controversy. But no, in the room, in the plane, on the bench, he's an absolute catalyst. Well, you're just defending him because, because he's the greatest defensive player in the league over the last decade with four rings and eight-time first or second all-defense. Everybody always wants a physical team. You hear that all the time. USC isn't physical enough. Your NBA team's not physical enough. And then when you get a physical guy, this is what it looks like. The occasional punch at practice. The occasional chokehold defending his player. I know it makes you totally uncomfortable. That's because you saw it, and that stuff happens all the time, and you don't. But... If somebody picked on my star in hockey, Gretzky always had a guy. Always had a guy. Draymond is that guy. Somebody's got to clean up the trash. Somebody's got to be the bouncer on the skinny jeans nightclub. Everybody complains they want physicality. When you get it, this is what it looks like. The enforcer, the supporter. The think later, act now to defend my guy. This is what it looks like. And it is, at times, hard to explain. J-Mac with the news. No, 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 no. Turn on the news. This is the Herdline News. You know, the faithful listeners and watchers of this show will be like, ah, oh, Cowherd taking a victory lap on Jordan Poole. I'll take the L on that. And we went toe-to-toe. I thought Jordan Poole would thrive. I bet a buddy. Not an insignificant amount of money. The Jordan Poole would like lead the league in scoring this year. I mean, he's sending me texts every night. 16 for Jordan Poole. I'm like, what's going on here? And then that video emerged and it's like, oof. You know, it's yeah, it's a really big form, man. Well, you know what? I will say this. Zach Levine's better than Jordan Poole. <laughs> hey, we will talk about Zach Levine and trade bait uh, a little later in the show. Let's start with Anthony Davis in the NBA. Um, it, it's weird. Anthony Davis getting all this love after the a big win over the... Uh, the Grizzlies the other night? Well, last night he went out and uh, had nine points. Yeah. Nine boards, four blocks, five turnovers, and, and they got destroyed by the Kings. I know they made like a late run, but trust me, it was a beatdown. Um, he's not blaming the hip injury for his poor performance. Let's play back. I'm not going to put it on anything or, you know, they were just the shots. Um, just play like, like you know, it's that simple. I mean, it is what it is. You know, I suit up, go play. Got to be more effective. Um, obviously, it was, you know, still, it bothered me a little bit, but uh, still got to go out there and do my job. Uh, how about this? Old NBA teams bet against them on back-to-backs. That, ga- that game, la- I, I, I didn't, 
I didn't bet that game. If I was an NBA better, after they had their greatest game of the year, best shooting night of the year, play young Sacramento, you're going to get run off the court. I watched the first half of that game. And so the reality is you have to understand Laker fans, and I think they do. I think Laker fans get this. LeBron, AD, this is not going to be a good team on back-to-backs. The good news is the playoffs, you get one or two days rest. Yeah. But that, that game last night was a classic. If you'd have circled eight games on the schedule and say, yeah, that's not going to be a good one, that was going to be a tough game. Young team, played great, beat up on a crappy Memphis team, come home, feeling pretty good, right? You're, you're feeling pretty good about that, right? You beat Memphis, and you, well, we're at home, we're comfortable, I feel good about this, we're... And you get whacked. And the yeah. first half was not competitive. They were down 20, I think, in the first quarter. Yeah, I mean, it was. Um, I watched it. They, they just weren't. They just didn't have the energy. So that to me, that's one of those losses for an old NBA team. That's just the way it is. Yeah. You always feel more comfortable. You know, you just won the night before. Go to bed. Wake up. You're feeling good. At home tonight. It's going to be easy. No. That NBA, you better, you better be ready to go. That's why Boston last night didn't have Jalen Brown or Porzingis goes on the road and I'm like oh my god but Laker fans you know how they are they're just running super hot and super cold and like last night Lakers fans are like freaking out because they're getting crushed and I'm like just everybody has an off night. Yeah, yeah. I think last oh, I think last month I had one off show. Uh, it was yeah, a Wednesday. I yeah, remember it. And yeah, like we're no. doing back to backs. We're doing a longer show than anybody in we the do. industry. We do five hour back to back, five day back to back. We had we had bad happens. shooting nights. Right. Yeah. I mean, they, listen. Occasionally <laughs> we're gonna wear down. Uh, let's get to your Celtics. So next up, they were down Jalen Brown and, and Porzingis. Incredible. This team went is so in good. To Philly and won. I, I mean. It was a great game for, by uh, the Celtics, especially from three. They hit 18 three-pointers. Tatum had 29. He was the best player on the floor. He was. And it felt a- like Boston. I thought it, Boston, it wasn't one of these get breaks. Uh, I thought Boston was a better team <laughs> without Jay. And it was so funny because I, you know, I see uh, Drew Holiday on the floor and Tatum. Ah. So I'm watching it at a friend's house, and, I, and then the sound's kind of down. And I look at it, and I'm like, oh, there's no Porzingis. And I look around, I'm like... <laughs> It's only Tatum and Holiday. Yeah. That, that's all they've got. Well, Al Horford was. I mean, he had three threes in the third quarter. I think. No, I was, he was yes. really good. Um, I will point this out. You know, I know everybody loves Tyrese Maxey, including you. I, yeah. You might be like the cheerleader. No, I think of he's his great. Famous. I think I love him. Yeah, Holiday locked him up last night. Well, Holiday's a great defender. Well, Maxey six of fifteen. I know he had twenty points, but it was a rough twenty. You okay, know? Drew Holiday's great. That's why it's such a great get. Because I, I always thought Tatum's a good defender. Uh, I don't know much about Porzingis defensively. I always thought Jalen Brown was pretty good, but I think you told me last year, analytics say Jalen Brown's not a great defender. I always thought he was pretty good, but Drew Holiday is. Holiday's so, excellent. So that allows Jalen Brown on the night he plays, he doesn't have to guard the best player. Well, then Tatum's guarding like a really weak player, which That's is right. amazing for his offense. So. Yeah, so Drew Holiday is really valuable that he can expend all his energy and let Jalen and Tatum freelance a little more offensively. And all the Sixers fans who think I'm a, a hater, you guys had your honeymoon, or James Harden, you know, oh, let's celebrate. They're We're rolling right one. They're not as good as Boston, period. And I, I, the think Pacers, the, the I think the gap between Boston and Philadelphia is even bigger than Denver and the West. I think Boston is clearly the best team. I think they'll sweep multiple series. And, they don't have a great bench. Well, Denver doesn't either, but I do worry about Jamal Murray's health. He has previous injuries. He's dinged up now. And I think there's enough teams in the West. Like Golden State has depth. Lakers have depth. I think they could make Denver for a series uncomfortable for a game or two. 
Tell me in the East who can go toe-to-toe with Boston when they're healthy. Well, we'll see about the Bucks. I mean, Dame went off last night, no Giannis. But uh, I'm with you. I think Boston is the team they for sure. They look really good. Uh, let's wrap up. Let's go back to the NFL. Dak Prescott putting up some of the best numbers of his career. Uh, third in the league in passer rating. Him and C.D. Lamb have been just on fire of late. Here's what Dak had to say about how he's been feeling in the offense this year. I've never been as confident, as free, as connected with other guys in the offense. With play calling, this whole system, and what we're trying to get after as I am now. All right. I don't want to be cold water guy, and I know when I say that, I obviously am. Colin, I just looked at the top 10 defenses in the NFL. Okay? According to DVOA, the most important, one of the better stats in the NFL. You want to guess how many top 10 defenses Dak has faced? One. Correct. And it was? Philadelphia. No. San Francisco. And he was terrible. He was awful. Like putrid. Philadelphia, by the way, not a great defense this year. Well, they're secondary. The secondary is getting torched, and Dak yeah. lit him up. So Dak has feasted on some really inferior defenses. Um, I'm sorry, they did add the Jets as well, and Dak was okay in that game, but Jets had no quarterback. So 17 touchdowns, he's looking good. Colin, it really is going to come down to the postseason for Dak, right? That's It's going to be all about the playoffs. Yeah. Detroit's defense, we just saw Justin Herbert destroy them with just Keenan Allen. Um, 49ers. You know what I think it is? It's almost like a political figure. You're, you're either for Biden or you're not, and nobody's going to move you off it. Like, you're either for Dak or you're not at this point. But Everybody that loves him, you can't... I, I, Keanu Reeves had a quote about a month ago. He said, I'm at the stage in my life where I you could come up to me and say one plus one is five. I'm not going to argue dumb stuff with dumb people. Like, <laughs> Dak is not... Elite. He's not a top six guy in this league. Well, this season he has been a top well, six guy. Well, again, contextually, halfway through, now the schedule gets tough over the next seven weeks. We'll see. Even Carolina's defense, I think, will be stiffer than the Giants this past okay, week. Okay, th- th- this is a great topic. But there's no re- nobody's going to move off their DAC opinion. I have always been B+. Plus. He has A games, but he doesn't have a winning record against playoff teams. He's very reliant on others. If this offense had C.D. Lamb went down, this offense is a BB gun. There's nothing there. So it's it's like I've come to turn. I'm, I'm done Keanu Reeves. If you want to argue something that we all know is not true, reasonable people, one plus one is five. Okay, Dak's great. I don't I don't need to argue with anybody. Well, I just came off a position three minutes ago with Jordan Poole. I was a Jordan Poole guy. I defended him. I defended him. I've seen now a small sample size, 10 games. I'm done defending him. Kyler Murray, same thing. I was a huge Kyler guy. I have since come off. I'm done defending Kyler Murray. I'm not there yet with Dak, but I'll say this. I mean, you you can't deny this. This season, he's been better than Trevor Lawrence, unequivocally. Yes, I, I and I think all, tr- although Trevor plays in the AFC, True. which is significantly better than the NFC. And so, yeah, when you watch the Bengals and the Ravens play tonight on Amazon Thursday Night Football, go watch how good those teams are. They're in the same division in the AFC. It's not necessarily outside of Philadelphia and San Francisco's roster. I think I'll, even Detroit, Dallas. I, I I saw Detroit play Baltimore. I saw Dallas just lose at Arizona and be humiliated by San Francisco. So I, 
And, and some of Dak's stats, let's be real, are padded facing the Giants twice. Of course uh, they, they face are. the Rams, who can't defend anyone. Yes. New England is an abomination. Like, they've faced some really, really bad teams. I, I, but, but I've come to terms. Like, if you're a Cowboy fan, you think Dak is great. I'm not bothered by that. You feel whatever you want to feel. I'm trying to think if there's a position you it's like people. It's like when I see liberal friends argue about Trump. You're not talking anybody off Trump. Yeah. It's not my cup of tea. Go ahead. Let them hang out amongst themselves. But I'm not going to argue on Dak. That but don't you feel in sports it's a little different because players evolve and they well, get... Well, you have stats. You right. Would, you would think right. you could argue with... But we live in such a tribal world yeah. now. I feel like we got a smarter audience than that, man. Are you people are, I think people are a little more willing to change. Well, I think, I think ours comparable to others, yes. But I, I will say that over the course of my lifetime, there used to be these facts that you didn't argue and things that you couldn't deny and you would think with the internet that you could go historically search mm -hmm. things it would be even easier to say you're wrong i'm right or i'm wrong you're right but as we've created the internet that's the opposite of what's yes. happened there's so much misinformation that people now will argue things are like no these are the numbers jack against good teams he's a c quarterback yeah. which i don't think he is because everybody in the league plays a teams and c teams and if you look at dak's numbers all mixed in he's a b plus quarterback how, how about brock purdy? can we use brock purdy is it for, for a year he was dead last pick in the draft game manager he's got a great team i have come around i am firmly in the camp brock purdy is a top 10 quarterback in the nfl right no, now. no he's not okay so you're not there yet no I, what's he's he not. gonna have to do there's to nothing get, so so, come on, Colin. We just talked about being smart. <laughs> no. He can get in the top ten. Okay. He is good. He makes too many. Jimmy Johnson said this, and I agree. He makes too many really tough throws to not be good. I'm not going to vary. I'm not going to extremely. It's not there. He's smaller. He's not. There's no, not a certain, single thing with Brock Purdy. There's not one thing where you're like, wow. Kyler Murray's elusiveness. Whoa. Trevor Lawrence's size. Whoa. Mahomes' arm, whoa. Lamar Jackson's twitchiness, wow. You gotta have some Herbert size and strength, wow. When Herbert runs over a linebacker and the linebacker like wobbles on the sideline, there's no wow with him, hmm. which means he's more. He, but he does make enough good throws. What was a wow with Tom Brady, Joe Montana? Those guys did not have Tom the body, Brady, the frame, the speed. Tom nothing. Brady is arguably the greatest cold weather thrower in the history of the sport. <laughs> One of the most accurate guys. His wow was six five and a half, big brain. Yeah. Not, the not way, the greatest draft, arm. He was just very, tall. He was a tall guy and cerebral. No, no, he threw the best, most efficient cold weather ball. I've ever oh seen. It cut through Chicago wins. Damn it, Brock Purdy's got going to win the Super Bowl, and you right. will change that opinion. Jay, I guarantee it. Jay Mack with the news. Well, that's the news. And thanks for stopping by. The Herd Lie News. But for the record, I think Dak's mostly good. I think Dak's better than Purdy in terms of uh, athleticism. I think Purdy probably throws a prettier, more accurate ball. I think they're both good. I would take Dak over Brock Purdy. But I think, but I think, I think they're good. I don't think what's wrong with so. Well, in what world have you said? How's that salesperson? They're good. That's offensive. <laughs> in what world has the engineer? Oh, she's good. That's offensive. Very good in any field is incredibly rare. Be sure to catch live editions of the Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. 
listen to comeback stories i'm darren waller you may know me best as a tight end for the new york giants you may also know me for my story of overcoming addiction and alcoholism you may have heard a few of my tracks as an artist or a producer uh, and you may have seen the work that i've done through my foundation and you may know my friend and co-host donnie starkins as well he's a mindfulness teacher a yoga instructor a life coach a man fully invested in seeing people reach their fullest potential. And we've come to form this platform of comeback stories to really highlight not only our own adversity, but adversity in the lives of well-known guests with amazing stories. Catch us every week on Comeback Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The second season of El Flow is here. Available como a ti te guste, in both English and Spanish. This season, we dive deeper into the vibrant world of reggaeton, featuring interviews with both reggaeton legends and exciting new talents. He's the undisputed king of reggaeton, no doubt. And he's been cited as an inspiration by multiple Latin stars, including J Balvin, Bad Bunny, Osuna, Ati Natasha. Explore the evolution of this dynamic genre and what makes it resonate globally. How you consume reggaeton, how you share and distribute reggaeton, those are all an important part of the story. It's the way that the people are experiencing reggaeton along with the musicians. Listen to El Flow as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. For all the parents out there, picture that it's bedtime. You and the kids have been busy all day. You know they're tired, but with all that anxious energy, they just won't go to sleep. This was my kids every night. But I did find that stories calmed their mind and gave them something to focus on. So six years ago, I created the kids' podcast, Bedtime History, to help solve that problem. Bedtime History is a series of relaxing history stories that end with an inspirational message. We have episodes about Jackie Robinson, Neil Armstrong, Maya Angelou, and Sacagawea. Episodes also include topics like space exploration, engineering, the rise and fall of civilizations, and major events like the Civil Rights Movement and the Transcontinental Railroad. With over 2,000 positive parent reviews, Bedtime History is one of the top education podcasts. This week, join me and listen to Bedtime History every Monday and Thursday on iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
All right, welcome in. Greg Cosell, if you like betting football, fantasy football, or just getting smarter on football, Greg Cosell, NFL meat sandwich, top of next hour. So, uh, you know, sometimes there's a gap between uh, what the fans think is important and what's really important from professionals in professional football. There's a lot of pushback on Caleb Williams at USC. Folks, his career at USC, he has a 7-to-1 touchdown-to-turnover ratio. He's getting picked number one. He has 92 touchdowns and 13 turnovers. 7-to-1 in a two-year stretch. But Colin, this year, oh, what about this year? His efficiency numbers this year are up with a weaker O-line and no Jordan Addison, a first-round receiver who's tearing it up in pro football. This year, he's got 40 TDs and seven turnovers without Jordan Addison in a tougher conference with a weaker offensive line. Nobody in the NFL cares about crying in the stands with his mom. Nobody cares about painting his fingernails. Nobody in the league cares about that. And I'll be honest with you. I don't think they care much about winning and losing. Patrick Mahomes' college record was 13-19. and 19. Jalen Hurts had to transfer. Jared Goff, 14 and 23. Nobody cares. Justin Fields, Tim Tebow, Colt McCoy, Vince Young, unbeatable. Danny Werfel, unbeatable in college. Not good in the pros. There's only three quarterbacks. I've been doing this a long time. You know that. Three quarterbacks I've said a year before they're going to leave college. Yeah, that guy's getting drafted number one. Andrew Luck, Trevor Lawrence, and Caleb Williams. You want to you want to draft Drake May? Knock yourself out. Does he have a seven to one touchdown to turnover ratio with a shaky O line? <laughs> and the ACC is not nearly as good as the Pac-12. So I all this talk about oh he it's like the top of the eye chart. You ever go to see an optometrist? Top of the eye chart, first line you can see from a you know twenty five feet away. That's Caleb Williams. It may get fuzzy, line four, five, and six as you get older. But the top line or two, you can see it when you walk into the office. This is not a tough one. Trevor Lawrence, not a tough one. Andrew Luck, not a tough one. Joel Klatt, uh, as big a fan as Caleb has, talks about traits, which is what pro guys care about. He can control the game from the pocket. You know, and he, and he he can control the game with his mind. Those are two. He's got the requisite arm. Clearly, um, he can create outside of the pocket when things break down. And he's a threat with his legs. He's the only guy that that I have covered in college football that is excellent in all five categories. Yeah, all the crying with mom. He's emoting. He's a human being, not a human doing. It's okay to emote. His fingernails. Who cares? Nobody in the NFL cares about that nonsense. It's like Car- It was like Carmelo LeBron. Well, Carmelo can do this, LeBron. Don't overthink the room. Just take LeBron. That's the right pick. So uh, I've never seen a player talked about who has no chance to make an impact in the NFL quite like Aaron Rodgers. So Robert Sala, old Jets guy McIntyre, is beating up on him. My takeaway is Sala's teams are consistent, and he's aced his side of the ball. I would not touch him. I think Sala's really good. And uh, so Robert Sala, though, has to comment again about uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers as that sort of hovers over the franchise, and here's the coach. 
Aaron's a big boy, grown man, and uh, uh, no one's going to know Aaron's body like Aaron knows his body. And if he feels, after all the doctors clear him, and I'm sure there's a million of them, I have no idea on that stuff. But if if Aaron says he wants to play, he's going to play. Aaron is a really good radio, television, New York Post content creator. He's good for us. I mean, during the course of a season, I'm always looking for five, six minutes to fill. It's a Thursday. Don't have a game to talk about. Ravens, Bengals tonight. We'll talk about it tomorrow. But he's going to have no impact this season if he returns. And I'd make an argument. He'll never have an impact in the NFL again, ever. Not anti-Aaron Rodgers. His last year in Green Bay with a better O-line, with an offensive coach, he had no impact. He couldn't beat the Lions at home in Lambeau, couldn't make the playoffs in the NFC. At this point forward, he provides content, and he's good at it. But NFL impact for Aaron Rodgers, if I had to vote today, I'd be like 85-15. Won't happen. I mean, there's a chance. But, I mean, does everybody understand the Jets aren't close? Now, think about this offensively. And we know it's an offensive league because the Super Bowl, Jalen Hurts and Mahomes, nobody could stop either. Nobody could stop those guys. Niners could not stop Patrick Mahomes last year with that defense. And Niners couldn't stop Jalen Hurts. Nobody can stop anybody. So, they got about six holes with offense. you got to be able to score. As good as Buffalo's defense can be, their offense is struggling. So, nobody's taking Buffalo seriously. They need a number two receiver and a number three. They need a legitimate tight end. They need at least four new offensive linemen. I like Elijah Vera Tucker. He's never healthy. They need a more reliable backup running back, and I'd argue they could do better at offensive coordinator. You tell me. Their best offensive lineman can't stay healthy. Garrett Wilson's good. But they don't have a two or a three. They didn't want to pay Alan Lazard. They had to. Name a single New York Jet. One that would start for the 49ers on offense. Garrett Wilson. Well, they like Brandon Ayuk, too. And though Wilson was a higher recruit, Garrett Wilson, PFF grade, grades below Brandon Ayuk. Look at the numbers for our TV audience. And what's interesting is Wilson's getting more looks. That's your one jet. I would start. I can guarantee you the Niners would not give up Brandon Ayuk. They think he has more talent, and it's just starting to surface with a new quarterback. That's the one jet. That's your big star. They also have Debo, McCaffrey, Trent Williams, a very inexpensive Brock Purdy, George Kittle. Find a jet that can start for offense. I think Aaron's great for content. He's interesting. He has big opinions. Uh, he, he's, he's, you know, I mean, politics, vaccine. He's an interesting guy. I, I wouldn't deny that. He pushes back on authority. Those kind of people could be Joe Rogan. It could be Aaron Rodgers. Those kind of people are interesting. They get a lot of trending. A lot of trending on the Internet. But if you had to bet today, 401K, push chips to the table, big impact going forward or none. I'd be on none. This offense has a mile to go. You don't think Hackett's an elite OC? Saul is a defensive coach. We shouldn't hold him responsible for Aaron. He'll be 40 off an Achilles injury with one guy that you could argue could start for the Niners. Go look at the Philadelphia 
Eagles offense. Who starts? Who starts for the Jets there? Brees Hall? Okay. That's it. A.J. Brown is starting over Garrett Wilson. I mean, just ask yourself. Start looking around. Where do the Jets have starters? So they have about six holes to fill on offense. To me, you got to move some of that defense. You have some salary cap. There is some salary cap. They're kind of middle of the pack. Don't think that Aaron clogs up all the money. He doesn't. They've got a little bit of money here. So you could go buy a left tackle. That could solve something and allow your first pick to be a receiver, not a left tackle. If I ran the Jets, first pick, left tackle. Second round, don't have one. Could I trade somebody to get a second-round pick? That's what, But it has to be somebody on your defense because you can't give up Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson. It is all you've got. All right, uh, two things. Number one, Ayuk, yes, he's having a better season than Garrett Wilson. That being said, he's in the Shanahan offense, and you can't go ahead and double him the way everybody doubles Garrett Wilson because there's nobody else scares you on the Jets. So you just load up on Wilson. Uh, otherwise, Kittle's open, McCaffrey, uh, Debo. Okay. I floated the idea that the Jets should explore everything on defense, trading even their elite cornerback, Sauce Gardner. It just sounded like you may be coming around on how do we get better quickly. If I could get a second, if I could get a number one pick you, and a two for for Sauce Gardner. A one and a two for a corner? I don't know. Well, one a, and that's a two really for the rich. best corner in the NFL. You could get a one. I mean, Tyreek Hill, as like the one yeah, of the best receivers in the league, I don't think he fetched that. Now, well, now, now Tyreek is on the rookie like, deal, so he's a little cheaper. Oh, a little? Yeah. Tyreek Hill was a fortune and got multiple picks. I think you can get a one and a two. I don't know. To, to, I'm, all I'm saying I, I is... I love Sauce Gardner. He's amazing. They ha- This is an offensive league. You got two guys that are elite. They and, need an offensive line, dude. It's bad. They need four guys, arguably... On their offensive front. Four. I like Elijah Vera Tucker. Dude, he's never healthy. And I think he's the best. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. The second season of El Flow is here. Step into the ever-evolving world of reggaeton and get up close with both legendary figures and emerging talents in the industry. Part of the enormous significance of reggaeton is really the way in which personal narratives connect to larger things going on historically and socially. Listen to El Flow on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.